All right, you ready? Ready. Okay. Hey, guys and girls. Welcome back. I know it's been a minute. Um, I really don't have any reasoning for that. I was just, you know, bullshitting for a very long time. Not really. Like, I went a lot of places and did a lot of things, but, you know, now I'm back. Um, anyways, I have some fresh blood joining me. My newly appointed assistant producer, Connie, is here. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. I'm here enjoying myself. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, actually. I just met your dog. Your dog is so cute. She has Aww. a corgi, a really cute corgi. He is cute. Um, Yeah, so... Connie is going to be helping me out with the show because there's a lot more that I want to do, but I'm a little airheaded at times and it's difficult to kind of figure this shit out. So it'll be nice to have somebody else to help me with this. But I wanted to talk to you and give everybody a chance to get to know you because I feel like you have really insightful perspective on being young and being single in this uh, hyper-digital age. I feel like that's the only way to describe it. Yeah, and I feel like insightful is a good way to (laughs) describe my experience. It's kind of like a positive spin. So how would you... Talk to me a little bit about, I guess, your dating life. So, not to get into the (laughs) nitty-gritty, so let me just... Too long, don't want to read it. Um... I've been single for about a year and by single, I just mean I'm actively dating. Um, I've had a couple of like two to three month or even like one month, (laughs) quote unquote, mini date, like consistent people. But for the most part, I feel like I just kind of um, just go on dates randomly here and there. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Active dater out in (laughs) D.C. (laughs) Do you use different sites do you use apps are you someone that I feel like I would describe it as someone who goes off the grid meets people face to face makes those interactions like when you go out to happy hours or bars or libraries wherever you go so when I first was on the prowl (laughs) I started with single or sorry (laughs) I started with tinder naturally and just because it was like the easiest go-to and I had met my last um boyfriend off of there so I was like well let me just go back but that was kind of a mistake because then he was on there too (laughs) so I was like well I guess I'll swipe left obviously did you did you find him when you were swiping again so he didn't get back on tinder until like a month after our breakup like I got on there like quick like I was on there like two (laughs) days later and he didn't get back on for like a month and we we had one of those breakups where like it wasn't a bad breakup at all. It was like totally chill. But for some reason, we just didn't talk after. Like it was just like, okay, bye. See, I feel like that happens to so many people, though. It's right. just all of a sudden, like you spend all your time with this person investing in, you know, this relationship. And then all of a sudden it just stops. Yeah, it's, it's very like radio weird. silence. Yeah. And you're just like, how did I go from seeing you like all day long every day to nothing? It's super weird. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's definitely adjustment period. So anyway, I saw him on there after like a month and I really freaked out. And so I got off of Tinder because it jarred me more than I thought it would have. What did his his bio say? Or like to the effect, something to the effect of. 
that also was annoying. So he had all these pictures, like a couple of them, which one of them he cropped me out of. Like, who does that? (laughs) Insult to injury. So one of them, I'm like, hey, that's when we went rock climbing or whatever. And I'm out of that picture. So one of them was like that. And then also in his profile, he said something like, oh, I'm really kind, which is the word that I would always use to describe him. And so that really annoyed me, too, because I'm like, I basically built your whole profile. Damn. So I don't know. Just I just was like, all right. Um, And I don't know if he saw me, but I'm pretty sure he probably did because it was like within three miles. (laughs) But um, yeah, I got off of Tinder, but I did meet a lot of people from Tinder. Um, Some that, you know, like one of them, I dated the guy for like a month or so, but Mm -hmm. things didn't work out. But mostly just like one date wonders. How does that you know what I was reading? in this article that we'll get to in a little bit, I was reading that a third of people who go on these dating apps don't ever meet anybody in person. So how did you go from being on the app to meeting these people in person? Huh? That's interesting. I'm surprised at that actually. I know. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Cause I, cause it's like, like, what are you, what are you wasting all your time on there for? Right. I feel like that's the whole point of Tinder is that it's like a straight, tool for you to hurry up and quickly meet somebody you can meet somebody like in an hour if you wanted to um for me it was not really that slow I don't like to sit there and message back and forth too much and I know a lot of guys are used to women kind of um needing that extra time to get to know because it's you know let's face it it's unsafe (laughs) Like, I'm not just going to be like, hey, how's it going? Want to get a drink? Okay. You know, I don't know this guy. So I I know a lot of my friends take a lot longer to message back and forth. But I kind of was like, I'll message for a day or two, feel him out, try to stalk him on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or something. Just to see. That's a must. Total must, right? Make sure they're not creepy. And then I'll Do you ever look for the mutual friends thing (gasps) to see? Yes. I love the mutual friends thing. It's the (laughs) best. Like the connections. Because then you can actually, like, if you really know the mutual friend, well, you can ask them about that person. Yeah. And I've done that a couple times, which is fun. (laughs) So tell me about one of the strangest dates that you've been on or maybe an experience you had that didn't go as well as you had planned. Yeah. um, This one, not, um, this was, like, before Thanksgiving, so kind of recently. This is one of the only times where I felt like I was catfished because typically (laughs) (laughs) as soon as, as soon as you said catfished, I was immediately envisioning like somebody showing up, like just ambush style with a camera and like a video, like a video camera. Just, yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I live for that show. Anyways, continue. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so this was, um, okay. Cupid, this is not an app. Um, but I know that's another very popular one in this area. So anyway, I saw this guy, he had like a lot of pictures, like four or five pictures. Um, the profile was good. I felt like the rapport was good. Um, it said in his profile that he was like six foot five and I was like, okay, that's a little tall, but you know, <laughs> you know, I can work with it. <laughs> So then um, we go to this ramen place and I mean, he was probably twice the size I thought he was not height wise, but like weight wise. Really? Yeah. I don't know if those pictures were old. Oh, and he was also way more bald 
as well. And I'm not, and you know, I went through with the date. <laughs> now I get the catfished part. <laughs> right, right. You see what I'm saying? So I went through with the date because, um, I mean, whatever, it's ramen. So, <laughs> um, but at the end, and this is like my way of typically letting guys know that I'm not really that interested, is I'll immediately ask to split the check. Yes. Really? Yes. And um, that's kind of my way of letting them know, like, mm. that's is that so a weird way? And I only find this interesting because I would have never, I don't know, I never would have thought of as that being a way to inform somebody. Because maybe this is just my, like, inner psychofeminism speaking, but, like, I would never assume that a guy would be paying on the mm. first date like even even if like he asked me out and we're going on a date i'm still bringing my money like i don't know i just yeah. feel like you know what i mean i never really assume that he's gonna be the one paying or that i'm gonna be like i i don't know so i think that's interesting because maybe that is a standard maybe that is just like the guy always pays on the first date kind of a thing which is fine like i feel like that's kind of how it's always been so i think sense. it depends on who asks yeah if the guy is asking me and he's planning like where to go and all that, then I'm kind of expecting him to pay, but I will also bring my money just in case <laughs> he wants to split <laughs> in case he pulls one of those. Oh, I forgot my wallet. Right. That's also happened to me before. Um, so Are you serious? Like a long time ago, like this is like four years ago or something. i met this guy at a concert. It was like a, what kind uh, of concert? It was a rap concert. Oh, what it artist? Was, um, Lupe Fiasco. Oh, okay. Word. Yeah. So this is four or five years ago when he was actually <laughs> relevant. <laughs> so anyway, at the Lupe Fiasco concert, I was um, pretty drunk and stuff. And um, I remember this like cute guy came up to me and my friends and he was like, what's your number? Like, give me your number, blah, blah, blah. So whatever, that all happened. And then he texted me and we were texting back and forth. He's like, hey, meet me here for a movie and we'll go to dinner. I'm like, all right, cool. So I show up and the first thing he says to me is, and at the time, wedge shoes were <laughs> really popular. The first thing he says to me was, hey, um, can you change shoes because you're way too tall? Yeah, it was bizarre. What? Yeah. So he and he wasn't that short. He just but felt what I don't get about that is what makes you think that I just have an extra pair of shoes laying around. Right. I mean, OK, side note, I definitely do have like a ton of <laughs> shoes that I carry, not like carry with me, like in a bag. But I know I've got like mad shoes in my trunk. I've got mad shoes at my desk at work. <laughs> like I just that's just who I am. But I feel like that's not Besides normal. the point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so so that was weird. And I was like, uh, no, I'm not changing my <laughs> shoes. Um, and then we go up to the movie like to get the ticket and he's he does the whole oh i don't have my wallet with me and then i was like okay and then i'm like i need to go to the bathroom so i just went to the bathroom and i'm texting my friend i'm like can you call me <laughs> and like bail me out of the situation so i get out she calls and i'm like i'm sorry i have to go my roommate has emergency and so i just left and then that was the end Damn. of that and then he tried to like friend me later on facebook and i was like oh hell no <laughs> like Wait, what, okay, so what are the rules, or I guess the unwritten, unspoken rules of engagement on social media when it comes to people that you're either talking to or maybe you casually are dating slash dated? Like, how does that work? I 
think everyone has their own little roles yeah. and i think for me it was a trial and error process <laughs> um i've done the whole like on tinder like there'll be guys who want to add me first to vet me out which is fine like you know then i can vet him out so um the only awkward thing is after the date is over and there's like no mutual interest um it's like you just keep them on there forever or like what do you do yeah so i always do like a two to three month period where i keep them on there and then i'll just like take them off because i'm not the type of person to have like a million friends on my facebook you yeah. know i'm just not really wanting to do that i remember you were talking about how you sort of go through and vet people on social media mm-hmm. what are your deal breakers what are the things you see that are like all right fuck this this is this is not going anywhere is not happening. Um, I think it's case by case, but I will tell you that this one time um, I vetted somebody on Facebook and he had a very recent profile picture with his ex-girlfriend. So I felt like he was on the rebound <laughs> and that's when I knew. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, no, you just broke up like less than two weeks ago. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not. And it was like, it was like a very obvious, like, you know, that they were together and I obviously stalked the ex-girlfriend too. So you know <laughs> regardless that was like a situation i didn't really want to enter into so that i didn't even like meet the guy yeah um another deal breaker is i don't know like maybe if their political views are somehow shown because i know with tinder they don't say yeah um on other dating sites you have like a thing where you can say your political preference but if i see anything like that i'm not gonna and just a side note i'm definitely especially with the results of this election um we're gonna be getting into that a bit in this upcoming season or within the next few episodes because i think this election and i I feel like we talked about this earlier this election unlike any other has really I don't want to say fueled some heightened emotions in the dating scene. It's rocked our world. (laughs) I think it has really made choices for people in terms of where their political affiliations lie during this election cycle. So I'm glad you brought that up because that kind of stuff matters, Mm -hmm. I think, and it makes a difference. So we'll talk about that later. But one thing I wanted to ask you, because... This, this episode is a little unique because, you know, being fries with guys, I typically interview single guys. Yeah, where are my fries, by the way? And you know what? Um, I, oh, my gosh. I literally <laughs> thought about that when we first started talking. I was like, fuck, I forgot the fries. Definitely rain check. I'm normally, right. I'm normally really good about fries because <laughs> I love partaking and eating them, too, as some of you may have already known in earlier episodes. But... Yeah, they're coming. Not this episode, but they're coming. Cool. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> but well, the one thing I wanted to ask you is what are some things you would love to ask single guys about dating or relationships that you feel like you don't really get the chance to talk to them about or really just be straight up with them about? There's so much. <laughs> There's literally so much. My number one thing that I'm always that always comes up every single time I date somebody is the text etiquette thing. And I sent you a bunch of articles on that because it just, because it was happening like in my life. So I was like actually Googling like (laughs) those questions. I know I kind of presented it like, Hey, this is interesting, but for legit, like I was having an issue deep research. Yeah. I was having (laughs) issues with the texting Um, With this guy that I'm kind of seeing right now. um, It's such a minefield. Yeah, because 
I've been, I mean, texting has been around since I started dating people. It's, it's just like a common thing, but I feel like texting really, um, gives me personally a lot of anxiety and I know it gives a lot of women anxiety, some guys to an extent, but not as much. Um, because that's how we, that's what we use to gauge interest in between dates. And for me, I always know for a fact that a guy is interested if he texts like right after the date happened or the day after. And if I don't hear from him the day after, then I'll send a text. And then if I don't hear, then I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those things that boggles my mind. And I would love to find out like what, and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but I think there are kind of like text guidelines that are very standard for people now. And I just want to know like, does it matter if a girl's texting you back too fast? Like, do you really feel like she's desperate? Does it, you know, do you wait? Do you play the texting game? I mean, what the is even happening? Game. Oh my gosh. I love that you call it that because I feel everybody, everybody calls it that. I was in, I was eating like something or breakfast or whatever, like a few weekends ago in Philly. And there were these two girls that were talking and the one girl's like, why don't you just text him back? Like, you obviously really like him. She's like, no, that's not how the game is played. Like, I have to wait at least three days. I was like, girl, <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, days, though. It was so intense. <laughs> she was so serious, too. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought you just, like, text. Th I didn't. I no, know. it's true. Flew over my head. But, like, that's really out there. People mm -hmm. really think that. There are so many rules and like sub rules and clauses and exceptions it's like i need like a constitution or something some kind of guidelines some kind of written thing that we can all just collectively follow That'd my gosh great. that's like you know when your credit cards like are we swiping or are we inserting the chip i just don't know i just need something <laughs> that just tells me what we're doing it just hasn't been streamlined yet and it depends on the store yeah <laughs> seriously okay so there's that there's texting what else um, another one that I personally am interested to know, and I always have is, um, physically how important is a girl's like body? Mm. Because I know everybody has their preferences is going to be obviously depending on the guy, but I feel like us women, we have such strict, um, guidelines for what we feel like is a perfect body and I think men kind of have a different view in general and also I want to know if they have like thresholds like oh um it just depends on the person or maybe I can I don't want somebody to be obese but I obviously I would love like a curvy girl or whatever like that's something that I personally would like to know <laughs> yeah because I'm not like a stick thin I'm not like obese but I'm not stick thin I'm I feel like I'm pretty average but sometimes I'm kind of like, oh, was I rejected because I'm not like thin? It's just like a question I have. I don't know. That's really interesting. I wonder if <clears throat> I wonder if on the reverse of that, guys think that about themselves in yes. regards to women. Probably height, though. That's probably their thing. You know, oddly enough, I had a coworker tell me that he thinks that men are more self-conscious than women. What? Like about their bodies? Yeah. Isn't that so strange? And at first I was like, mm, I don't really see that. No. And then I talked to a few other people. They're like, I mean, yeah, we're definitely a lot more self-conscious than you'd think. So right. I wonder what that what that threshold is, too. I have never, ever um, been out with a guy that's ever expressed any body image <laughs> issues. Because you know how girls will, like, 
fish for compliments. <laughs> like, what do you think about this? Does this make me look fat or whatever the heck? Um, I've never gone out with a guy that's ever, ever been like express any kind of body image, even ones that were short or overweight or had like any obvious <laughs> things that they could <laughs> complain about. Anyway. Things that I noticed, but they didn't pick up on. <laughs> so no, just I, ha- I just get the impression that guys are generally, um, I mean, there's, I just, they're just in the media, you know, it's not as we don't criticize guys' bodies. Yeah. So. That's such a good point you bring up. I feel like, I feel like women, they maybe have this unwritten list of like, oh, he has to be this tall and he has to, you know, maybe be like this fit or I don't really care. He could have a dad bod. I guess dad bods are a thing now. Yeah. Did you ever hear about that? Yeah. Like Leo, how he was like the dad bod, like ideal or something. And I'm like, he doesn't even have kids. Like I remember when that happened, I had a few coworkers at the time that I guess they would characterize themselves as having dad bods. And they just felt so like they were like, yes, like my time has come to shine. (laughs) And it was just so funny. It was so freaking hilarious. Oh, my gosh. You know, I feel like Donald Trump has a dad bod. (laughs) That's what I picture. That just made me so fucking itchy. Oh, my gosh. That's what I think of when I think of dad bod. And so when that whole dad bod thing came out, I was like, Leo, to me, that's not dad bod. That's just average bod. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so this episode is being released on valentine's day so happy valentine's day to everyone out there or singles awareness day as some sad prefer to call it and that's that's what i wanted to talk to you about okay so how do you feel about valentine's day so i actually was thinking about this recently um and i feel like when i was a kid i loved valentine's day the candy Dude, first off, it was mandatory <laughs> participation. So everybody had to give everybody a card in the class because you <laughs> you got a list of everybody in the class to give your parents so they can buy the Valentines. Two, you got to be creative with the boxes. Yes. Arts and crafts. Oh, I freaking love that. I miss that. Right? And you get candy. Oh, it's the best. And there's love all around. So when I was a kid, I loved it. It was like my one of my favorite holidays. But then as I got older, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, when I had my first boyfriend, I was all excited about it because I was like, ooh. But then I just have noticed throughout the years that I don't really like Valentine's Day that much. I kind of feel like there's too much pressure around it. And most of the time I'm disappointed, regardless if I'm single or in a relationship. So I feel like. And this is, I was thinking about this, I really feel like it's the the romantic version or the romance version of New Year's Eve. You're just oh. always like chasing a good time. You're always sort of, there are all these expectations, whether or not you want to have them. I feel like the holiday is just set up for you to have these grand expectations about yeah. what it's supposed to be. And then it, it always falls short. Right. Like what percentage of the population actually has a good Valentine's Day? Like that fulfilled every I'm really going to need to study on that. Like for <laughs> real, I'm really because I don't think I've met anybody that's really had an overly pleasurable like Valentine's Day experience. 
Yeah, same. If it's a disappointment to 95% of the population, then why is this even a holiday? It's a fucking <laughs> Hallmark holiday. I right? keep telling people that. More than Christmas. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And as soon as the Christmas decorations, you know, as soon as Christmas is over, people nowadays just start throwing the Valentine's Day stuff out there. Like, you walk yeah. into every store, literally a few days after Christmas, they almost don't even care about New Year's anymore. <laughs> They're like, all right, let's get this Valentine's Day thing going. Like, we're trying to make money off this shit. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a big moneymaker. It's insane. But I definitely, I definitely agree with you. And I feel that Valentine's Day is just... The one thing, though, that I don't like about Valentine's Day is how it almost makes single people feel so, like, hyper-aware of the fact that they're single, but then it also tries to make them feel bad about it or like sorry for themselves for it. And it's like, right. Like I should be in a relationship so I can get candy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I'll just wait till day after when they're 50% and off. And that's the one thing I can't stand is it's just like, why is being single seen as such a problem? Like, why is that such a, such a bad thing on that day? Like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because they hype it up so much that being in a relationship is so wonderful that by default, it just kind of makes everything else pale in comparison. Cause yeah. you're like, this is the best thing that can ever happen to you right now. So if you're not in a relationship, then you might as well. Well, I know, I know in China they do something. Is it the in single November? Day. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's um, January 1st because one, one, Oh, that's that is singles so day. genius. Right? And like you just go out with your friends and my cousins do this in China. They just like go out with their friends and they like have a good time and it's like the coolest day ever. And they don't have Valentine's Day in China. <laughs> that's what they need to do here. They need to really bring that yes. to America because I feel like if anybody's listening who's trying <laughs> to make money, start that shit here because you would definitely make money off that. Oh, yeah. Wait, what about you? Like, what do you do? Oh, <laughs> with your fiance, like, what do you guys so, do for the last few years? Well, the our first Valentine's Day, he actually wasn't even in the States. He was in India. Mm. He was studying abroad. So I think I was like supposed to go. That was that was when I had like a revolutionary like fuck Valentine's Day. I don't care anymore. <laughs> and it wasn't even so much because he wasn't here, but it was because I was supposed to go out with a friend or with friends or something for, you know, just like all of us go out. And I guess either the plans fell through or they decided to do something else and I couldn't go. But I just remember sitting there thinking like, this sucks. Like I got dressed up. I like got ready. I was sitting there waiting. It, it was like being stood up, but just like in the worst way possible on the worst day possible. So ever Aww. since that, I was like, I have no expectations. So now ever since then on Valentine's day, I go to this like Chinese buffet <gasps> and I just oh my God. literally, if you want to experience true joy, Go to a Chinese buffet on Valentine's Day because it is lit. Like, it's oh. so, so much fun. So many people. It's, like, so fun to people watch. I love people watching. Yeah. So that's what I do. And I pig out on Chinese food. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's awesome. So that's pretty much what I've been doing. Because it falls on a Tuesday, I don't know if I'll have the chance to do that. Maybe I'll just have to take off that day and just Wait, but <laughs> just do you go. Have, do you have expectations with your fiancé or are you guys more... I guess it just depends on the couple, right? Like if you guys are naturally romantic all the time or what? Um, I don't. I, I try to tell myself that I don't have expectations. I think the nature of the holiday almost forces you to have expectations, whether you want to or not. 
So I think there's a part of me that's like, oh, I hope he'll do something nice or like, I hope he'll buy me flowers or, you know, take me out to dinner or something. But I try to resist. I try to fight <laughs> against it and be like, no, I'm just going to be happy with whatever happens because that's what really matters. Like, But why is it up to the guys? Like, that's true. Seriously, like, why is it always like, what's he going to do for me? You know, why can't we take the reins <laughs> and do the <laughs> Valentines, you know, from our perspective? I just feel like. That would just be better. That's an interesting point. I wanted to ask you this because I was talking to a friend who she's sort of like casually dating this guy and she was talking about how she was like waiting for him to call or she was hoping that he would call. And I was like, why don't you just call him? So I wonder if that extends to dating in general, because I feel like there's almost this unspoken standard that the guy is expected to make the first move or he's supposed to be the one to reach out or he's supposed to be the one to take the initiative yeah, it's like he sets the tone for the relationship, like, which sucks because then you're like at their mercy almost like, what are they going to do? And I'll just do what they do. No. Yeah. No, that's not a good way to be. And I, you know, I'll admit it. That's just how it is. But I don't like <laughs> it. Like. <laughs> Oof. there's a lot. Yo, there's a lot that we're going to be talking about this upcoming season man that's what so that's one of the things you should ask the guys is i feel like why would they are they turned off first off the game playing back to that um are they turned off by a girl who does show a little more initiative because in my experience as well as most of my girlfriends um it's like every time we do show initiative or we text first or we initiate dinner in the beginning it's like the guy's like automatically turned off for some reason. Mm. And then it just kind of like goes the other way. And not that this happens all the time, but it's just like one of those things where it conditions you to just, you know, like your friend sit there and be like, Oh, when is he going to call? When is he going to, you know, instead of you doing the reaching out. Yeah. I feel like there are so many, Not to say that there weren't strong women in the past, because obviously there were strong women in the past. (laughs) But I feel like our generation, more so than past generations, there are so many strong, independent, confident women who know what they want and what they're after. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for the longest time, it was always told to us that, oh, that's typically how the men are. And the women are a bit more conditioned to just take what they get to be a little bit more. I can't think of the word that I'm thinking of. I'm not thinking of tame. I can't think of the word off the top of my head, but basically to just sort of take what they get to be quiet, to sort of mm-hmm. accept whatever comes their way. And I think that now that more women are finding themselves. Obedient, yeah. I think is the word Obedient, you're looking for. yes, that's mm-hmm. the word I'm thinking of. But now that women today are, you know, there are more female leaders, there are more people that are more confident, independent. I think that when you have that strength, it almost throws men off. They just don't even know what to do. And they're just kind of right. like, ugh. But Which I also, they shouldn't be. Right, right, right. But I also feel like men, too, on their side, and I'm sure the guys you interview will say this, um, they feel a lot of pressure because it is expected of them. I could imagine. I mean, could you imagine? Let's just say the roles are reversed right? for a second. <laughs> could you imagine if, okay, you you find somebody, they're, they seem like they're interested, and then... You're like, oh, gosh, okay, what do I say? Yeah. When should I make that move? Oh, was that saying too much? Like, all this stuff. I feel like they're... Like, am I being too creepy? Because I heard that girls are easily creeped out. Yeah. (laughs) We are, though. 
<laughs> that's so true. I I try to be aware of that. And that's something that I'm definitely going to bring up more in my episodes is sort of getting a male's perspective and sort of how they navigate, I guess, being expected to sort of take the lead when it comes to dating, when it comes to relationships, because I think we kind of luck out in the sense that we don't necessarily have to be the ones to take the reins on that and to sort Mm of, I don't want to say aggressive because it's not aggressive, but to sort of take the initiative. Well, it's a lot of putting yourself out there. That too. That's hard because you're, you're then vulnerable. Yeah. And that's why I think for me, sometimes I don't like initiating texts because I'm like, what if he doesn't text back, you know? And, but then that's just like one moment whereas guys are experiencing this all the time because they're the ones throwing out the texts <laughs> and the invites left or even on tinder they're expected to be the first ones to initiate conversation oh except that one there's that one app where the bumble. girl yeah <sighs> but does that ever work out have you ever tried bumble i have tried bumble i did meet one guy off of bumble and i feel like that just shows <laughs> I've had more success with Bumble BFF than I have actual Bumble. Oh, my gosh. I did Bumble BFF for <gasps> a bit. Did? did yeah. you meet anybody? I think I I did. I met one girl. She was really sweet. I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got to go find her. I got to sort through my texts and figure out whatever happened to her. She was really nice, though. Hmm. But, yeah, I think that's definitely a good point that you bring up. Because yeah. so if if men were okay with women you know initiating then how come bumble doesn't have see but that's the thing that i always get hung up on because we're saying on one point that they're always almost expected to take initiative and to take the lead and sometimes it can be it can it can add a lot of pressure and Mm -hmm. put a lot of pressure on their plate but then on the reverse side of that when a girl is the one to take initiative they're almost like oh whoa wait what's going on like yeah they're like turned off in a weird way it's like okay what do you want here like i don't get that when it goes back to what you're saying about our current time with men and women being more equal than we've ever been, because it's also confusing. Like if this was 50 years ago and the guy didn't call us back or whatever, or like not even call us back, the guy just didn't call. We'd be like, oh, okay, he's not interested move on. Now it's almost like, is he interested? Should I text? Should I call? Like it's, yeah. it's much more of a question mark now than it's ever been. I feel like it's just confusing because we have not determined you know, equal rights, really. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's so much. Okay, well, I'm trying to think of, I feel like we have touched on most subjects. If we were to touch on all of them, we'd probably be here for another few hours. Oh, my God. It's (laughs) endless. (laughs) It really is. And I think it's so, I think it's, I think relationships in general are very interesting because I feel like we don't. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, hold on. I have this article that I. Okay, to make a long story short, I may or may not have stolen this magazine from the gym today (laughs) because they had a really great article. It's um, was this the February. Yeah, the February issue of Marie Claire and the article is intended is (laughs) intended is entitled. Excuse me. Fuck Tinder. Uh, And it was really interesting. It was talking about how a lot of people in their 20s and 30s are kind of over all these dating apps that don't really produce a lot of success. I mean, I know you've we've all heard of the stories where somebody goes on Tinder or Bumble or Hinge or whatever else is out there and they by a chance encounter swipe 
the right way on somebody and they end up going on a date and then they, you know, they're together, whatever. But that's really not the case for a lot of people. And so this article is talking about matchmaking and how it is sort of becoming the new style of dating. And they point out a few places like on the extreme end. Let's say, for example, there's this one dating service in Silicon Valley. And if you pay thirty five thousand dollars, yes, thirty five thousand dollars, you could be introduced to um a different amount of people and there are there's a matchmaker that is put out there to help you find people yeah it's like a an elite dating service basically for rich people obviously and they have these very they're up and coming sort of niche matchmaking sites they have some there's one that's called three day rule there's another one for creative professionals called uh modern love club Mm. so they're basically just matchmakers and that's what they do is these people go out for you either to bars or to professional events they scour the interwebs looking for people on social media or they go through their LinkedIn or different professional websites to try to find them and they basically try to connect you with them so it's almost like old school off the grid dating like they used to do but you just basically mm. hire someone to do <laughs> to do it for you and i think like it's a concierge service is what they were describing and i think it's related to how how we live and how we work today it's very much it's i feel like a lot of what we do is based on these types of concierge type apps it's all mm-hmm. like sort of intermediated by technology and it's interesting. I wonder if that's sort of where, like that's we're, where we're headed, where we're headed, because mm. I think there is this collective exhaustion that I feel that a lot of people have using these sort of quick dating apps. Yeah, you get burned out. I get burned out. I have to take breaks. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous because even with Tinder, like I was um, saying earlier, I can have like three to four dates a week or something, especially in this area when there's so many and everyone else is doing the same and you just get burned out because you have to message everyone and talk to everyone. And it's a lot of yeah, work. It is. That's what it's like oh, a part time job. Say? I'm trying to think of where they said that there was something they said in this article and it was basically talking ab- about that, how it was saying that. The dating apps get so old so fast because you're putting in so much work, but you're just not getting anything in return. And the other point is that, you know, there are definitely people still in their 20s, 30s, even their 40s that still want to play the field, still are interested in casual hookups, one night stands, that sort of thing. And, you know, there's definitely nothing wrong with people who want to do that. It's totally your own personal preference. But on the other side of that, I feel like they're – I want to say maybe the older you get or the more established you get in other parts of your life, there is this growing tendency to want to maybe settle down a bit, have a relationship, sort of have something that's a bit more stable. And this article, they interviewed somebody who was saying that, you know, when you use these dating apps all the time, you don't really know what people want. There's no way to clearly define, I'm looking for a relationship or I'm just looking for you know the closest thing to me that I could use as a one night stand you know what I mean like whereas if you're using a matchmaker if you're using these matchmaking sites it's almost it's pretty much guaranteed that you're serious about finding someone that you want to start dating you want to start 
looking for a long-term relationship. So I, I would be very curious to interview or talk to some people that have used matchmaking sites or do use them to see how that works. Oh, you know, one thing they said about this, they said matchmakers scrutinize pictures of all their clients' exes to figure out oh. what attracts them. They That's say it's cool. all about face shape. Even when someone's exes come from different ethnic backgrounds, they almost always have the same face shape. Isn't Ooh, that so strange? You know, I also scrutinize the exes of the people I date to see if there's anything similar because <laughs> it happens. You were, wait, weren't you telling me that once that <gasps> you could spot fetishes like from a mile away? Yes. So I'm Asian. I didn't know if that was something I was supposed to <laughs> kind of like put a disclaimer, but um. <laughs> Because I'm Asian, um, I feel like I am a target for people who would like to fetishize me. So because of that, um, I've just become really good at spotting people right away who are going to be kind of doing that type of thing. And that's not what I'm interested in. (laughs) So, you know, left swipe. You'll be getting the left swipe if I see any samurai swords. (laughs) Oh, my God. Any pictures of you on the Great Wall of China? Um, <laughs> any Asian languages in the language in your profile, which happens a lot. But does it count? Or is that is that allowed if somebody is also of Asian descent? Of course. Oh, okay, I okay. mean, you can't fetishize your own. I mean, I guess you <laughs> I guess could. You but, I mean, it's, very, it's much less likely to happen. And actually, I will forgive. I will give more leeway to somebody who is of color who does those things <laughs> no it's so true because there's this one time <laughs> there's this one time that I um I uh, matched with this guy he was um a doctor at Johns Hopkins and he was half Persian half Indian but he Ooh. had yeah but he had a picture of him in Japan or something and I, and normally I would not but then I was like, all right, well, he's cute and he doesn't seem like he's fetishizing. He's probably just there. I mean, you can tell. Honestly, it just depends on the profile. <laughs> but regardless, you know, and then another thing, there's the people who do fetishize, but you don't find out till you go on the date. What are some things that sort of give it away or that might sort of hint at that? Well, they just want to talk about my culture the whole time or like also they're always like would you like to go for sushi like very typical (laughs) you know stuff like that and then or they'll say a lot of um and this just goes for anything but like they'll say some you know stereotypical things about asians like they know what they're talking about and (laughs) it's just like no (laughs) so this is what we have to deal with (laughs) this shit is real this uh, is crazy. It's totally crazy. Now that makes me wonder if I've ever been fetishized. <gasps> you should. Have, wait, what about your fiance? No. Like he wouldn't. No, not by him. <laughs> but. <laughs> well, you would know by now. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I wonder, like, back when I was dating, if that was ever a thing. If well, that was ever something that, like, you know, like, if I was ever using. Well, no, I never really used dating sites when I was out playing the field 
But they would be, you would know because they would be like more interested in knowing about your culture than they would about you as a person. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, like for me, I'm Chinese specifically and they would be like, oh, when's the last time you went to China? And then don't you find that in China they do this? And da, da, da. like, you know, it's like we're discussing China the whole time versus <laughs> me as a person. <laughs> it's like... I don't know. <laughs> or maybe they feel like it's a way to relate to me. But you can also relate to me by asking me, you know, what my favorite color is and stuff. So yeah. I don't know. Definitely. <laughs> well, that's all I got, man. Or woman, I should say. Um, man or woman. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So happy Valentine's Day to all you single or non-single folk out there. Don't have any expectations for today. Just love yourself. Yeah, that's a really good one. I like that. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Seriously, that's that's what this day should be centered around. It's just treating yourself. Like, fuck everybody else. You worry about them all the time, all year long. Like, just have one day where you just take care of yourself. No, that's your birthday. Mm. <laughs> no? See, I don't know. I feel like that's that's a whole other episode on its own because like birthdays for me are just so tumultuous. Some days it'll be lit. Like some years it'll be really cool. And other years it's like, oh, oh, it's almost like the same because you have expectations, too, for that. OK, yes, yes. So true. Oh God. Especially like the landmark holiday. birthdays, like yeah. 18, 21, 25, I don't, 25 30, 35, 40. No. <laughs> Um, all right, y'all. Take care. Nice meeting you. <laughs>